You are listening to Faith FM with Danuta and Lawson this morning and it's come time now for our encounter with God time. But before we do so, Lawson, what's our next quiz question for today, please? All right. Our next question for the quiz is, who looked out her window and when she saw her husband dancing for joy, she despised him? Who really just hated being happy. That, that's, you know, that's, I think this, this is the real question. And we were just we're talking about and happiness Absolutely. and endorphins yeah, yeah. with Jennifer just before this. So, you know, we're not, we're not here advocating you go out and become a professional dancer or do anything like that. But, you know, dancing for joy because they had reclaimed the Ark of the Covenant is something mm. worth celebrating. And this person hated it, apparently. Don't give the answer, please. I'm not going to give the answer. I'm just, or the husband. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. Hey, you you're listening to the breakfast show again. Our pool of answers this morning doesn't matter, even if I give the answer, because we got a pool of them that you That's can pick right. from. Is it Sisera, Rahab, Elisha, Jezebel, or Mikkel? If you know the answer to that one, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. We've already got correct answers coming in, mm. but again, our prize for this week: Daniel Wisdom for the Wise by Zdravko Stefanovic. What? What do you reckon's like the origin of that name? Stravko? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's um Croatian, Serbian, this one, of, area. One, of, one of those yeah, areas up it's a Slavic name. Definitely That's right. it's a, definitely a Slavic name. I trust in you to know that because you're from your yeah, lineage is from that area. Yeah, yeah, you're Polish. So hey, again that question was who looked out the, her window and when she saw her husband dancing for joy, she despised him. Was it Sisera, Rahab, Elisha, Jezebel, or Mikkel, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. And, of course, again, that prize, Daniel, Wisdom for the Wise. It is an incredible Bible commentary, which we're drawing at the end of the week, and you can get absolutely for free. Yeah, absolutely. And we had some really good uh, discussion there with Jennifer looking at uh, positive, staying positive and making your mood determine, uh, don't let your mood dictate what we actually do. Mm. But this morning we're actually going to go to a modern day story because as we go into our time with God, mm. into our Bible study time, where we're going to unpack Ephesians chapter two even more, we're going to be talking about walls coming down and, sure. and, and, you know, how through Jesus, these walls of separation, divisions, uh, between cultures, between people, people, between families, um, between friends, um, how that can all change through Jesus Christ. But a modern, really good modern-day story that I think of, Lawson, is the one of the Berlin Berlin Wall coming down mm. um, between East and West Germany. Now, uh, you weren't born back then, yes, were you, I Mr. Was, 24-year-old? I was minus... <laughs> Nine. Minus when, nine. When the Berlin Wall came down, <laughs> it's nineteen eighty nine. So right. I was not born, and I was a bit. I was a bit far off from being born. None of my sisters were born either. Like I have two older sisters, they weren't born either. So it's something that. It definitely didn't happen in my lifetime, but just like famous events that have happened is probably one of the most significant political events oh. that happened in the last century among, you know, World War One and World War Two and the fall of the USSR, all these things like the Berlin Wall was significant. 
to that. Oh, completely. It just reshaped um, things in Europe big, mm. big time. So, of course, the Berlin Wall came down on the 9th of, started coming down on the 9th of November 1989. It was actually during the period of 1961 to 1989 that it was actually um, erected. And it was actually because between 1949 and 1961, 2.5 million East Germans actually went from East Germany to West Germany and they were largely skilled workers and professionals and intellectual people and so it was actually then jeopardizing things well it was it was threatening to destroy the economy of eastern germany yeah and so imagine that they they started building this wall mm-hmm. um that basically was initially barbed wire but it actually became a wall that was actually you know with with stone with with brick it was actually built more like it actually had soldiers um, an electric fence. Imagine mm. living on one side, literally on the border mm. of Eastern Germany and Western Germany, and suddenly you've got this wall dividing you between you and possibly your family that might be just, you know, in a village further over or a city further over as well. And I remember, I still distinctly remember, I'm giving my age away a bit here, <laughs> but a, a friend of mine in, in school, I won't say if it was primary or high school here, <laughs> uh, but basically, my friend I remember was of German descent, mm. and she actually went back to Germany with her parents to visit their family. Mm. And I distinctly remember her letting me know how that journey was in going across from Western to Eastern Germany, the soldiers being there, the fear of what would actually happen if you did something not wrong, not only on the checkpoint, sure. but also anywhere near that, you know, that war with the soldiers looking on. So, but, but a fascinating thing. And of course, it was actually really high. It was about five meters high and it was topped with barbed wire and of course guarded at the watchtowers, um, with, with the soldiers. So. Mm. And of course, the reason people wanted to go from East Germany to West Germany is because East Germany was controlled by the USSR. Yes. And was, you know, very much, um, suffering from the economic, uh, you know, struggles that came with being one of those, mm. you know, Eastern uh, block countries, yeah, uh, and and it was very difficult at that time. Well, it was just the outcome of communism, to be honest. Yeah, like, it, it was the outcome of communism, and there was just, a lot of other co- communist countries around, but this particular one had this wall yeah. between one side and the well, other. Well, because that's the border, right that's there. That's right. Es- it essentially, is. it it was the border between the the Western world Absolutely. and the Eastern world. It was very much where a lot of tension and espionage took place in regards to you know the Cold War happening, and the, there's that's plenty right. of stories that have come out of that time of spies crossing over the wall, retrieving intelligence and either making it or not making it back from the USSR being captured by the KGB. And the, and the wall was that obstacle as well. That yeah. kind of, and it was, it was the symbol there. It was when the wall come down, it was, it was, the writing was on the wall, which is yeah. a Bible reference from the book mm. of Daniel. Um, the writing was on the wall that can came down. Um, yeah. the, the wall coming down meant the writing was on the wall yeah. uh, for the USSR. And it was very quickly after that that the USSR eventually dissolved Yeah, because yeah, they just had no ability to sustain to sustain themselves. No, that no, point. that's right. And like you say, it was all part of the Cold War. And this actual wall symbolized that further division within Europe between the, the, the Eastern and the Western. Yeah. 
outside of Europe, you know. A division of ideas yeah. and a, a division of systems. It was very oh, – and, yeah, just animosity and tension in general between these, you know, the Western world and yeah. the Eastern European USSR. Yeah. But it's amazing to see it comes down oh. and, oh, you know, now, of course, Germany, Germany was unified very soon after oh, yeah. uh, the war came down. And – as a result of that, you know, the USSR collapsing, you all of a sudden saw freedom yes. in that region for people. And I have some friends from Germany as well. Like when I was living over in Europe and, you know, friends from Germany who grew up during that period of time, they're mm-hmm. a fair bit older than me. And they, you know, just talking about the tension of it. Like I have a friend, he was mm-hmm. from Berlin. Mm-hmm. He's a Berlin native and was born in Berlin wow. on the Western side of Berlin wow. and talking about, you know, the tension that was yeah. there and whatnot. And he him as a young kid, I think he would have been six or seven when the wall come down, you know, seeing the wall go down and seeing that, oh man, we have, we have freedom now. We can connect to I these people. I love that, that you're saying that freedom that yeah. was seen with the people and it was. Yeah. Oh, so was, in fact, my friend at the time, this is so funny here, he told me his school, he went to this all boys school and it was shaped like the school building was shaped like a big cross it was resembling you know the the iron cross of of the uh the you know the germans and whatnot so he was on the western side which again like by the time world war Two ended and you know all mm. of the the nuremberg trials happened and all the nazis were were like hanged for what they had done or you know imprisoned for life like germany very much rejected um, the you you know the, the Nazi party mm-hmm. and Nazi ideology, but simultaneously it was you could still see remnants of that in the city and on the on the western side on the eastern side you know a lot of that stuff had been destroyed those buildings yes. had been destroyed and yeah. rebuilt because they're like oh let's get all of it out of here yeah. but yeah the wall coming down all of a sudden it's freedom for the people and also it's the division is gone. So, uh, absolutely. They are two key things, that, and that, that comes up in our study. So that's why this story really, this modern-day story really relates beautifully about how the war, when it comes down, gives freedom mm. and not, brings um, the divisions fall apart completely. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's the exciting thing that this modern-day story actually brings out for us in a beautiful way. Um, mm. So we're going to continue on with our study um, just really shortly. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. You're listening to Faith FM and you're here with Danuta and Lawson and we're having our encounter with God. We're just talking about the Berlin Wall coming down. On the started on the 9th of November 1989. Mm. Uh, really significant change. It changed so much with things within Europe. Um, and what separated people one time gave them then, uh, the, the divisions basically were broken down and more mm. unity and connectedness actually happened. And through that, people from the eastern side of Germany re- received that freedom that they really needed and mm. also then expanded out into other parts of Europe with the USSR coming down, of course, other countries over time with communism coming down as well. And mm. so, um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about walls coming down today as we go into Ephesians chapter 2. So Ephesians, we've been talking about Paul and 
and basically how Paul wrote to the Ephesians. We've been talking about the grace of God. But then we actually uh, touched on yesterday about the reconciliation of God's great gift from the cross. Mm. And we're going to pick it up from there and be talking about walls of separation because really we're going to also dig into how basically back in Jerusalem there was also a wall just like the Berlin Wall separated um, two sides of people, uh, two, uh, two different here in the Bible it separates two different cult well the gentiles and the jews so we're going to unpack that a little bit more so lawson would you like to pick that up for us from let's go back to ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 because we're then going to bring it in Mm -hmm. uh, particularly looking at verse 14 to 18 today Um, but verse 13 is a really significant one that's why we're going to tie them together all right starting in verse 11 the bible says therefore remember that you once gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcised made in the flesh by hands that at that time you were without christ being aliens from the commonwealth of israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without god in the world but now in christ jesus you who were once a Far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile both them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For though, for through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Oh, amen. Beautiful words mm. there, isn't it? And it's, you know, when we look at particularly verse 13, it says, by his blood, mm-hmm. um, but now, in Christ Jesus, once we're far off, you're brought near by the blood of Christ. In other words, he's saying here to the Gentiles, you know, the Ephesians, he's saying you were once separated and now you're integrated. But here in verse 14, it actually speaks about uh, the the wall that is broken down. For he himself is our peace. Christ is our peace. Don't you don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Like, don't I mean haven't you found that since you've given your heart to the Lord, you have found true peace? Absolutely. He himself is our peace, uh, who has made both one and it's peace not only between you know, within myself, but between myself and others. You know, there's still difficulties, there's sure. still people to struggle with and whatnot, but your capacity to make peace I think is is grown, is extended, is encouraged yeah. when you become a Christian because that's exactly what Christ came to do. Oh, so much. I agree. And I've found the same with my walk in life and 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 that you know, situations come up from day to day where we, we find there can be a situation that divides us a little bit and we've kind of got to stop and go, hey, no, this isn't the Christian way and just say a prayer or just, you know, approach the person and, mm. and, um, try and keep that unity in every kind of way. But here we actually talks about a wall being broken down. Mm. Now, when we look at the time of, uh, in Jerusalem, you know, we had the Jews and the Gentiles. We've got the temple. So if you go back to Moses' time, God said, you know, build, let me build a, for you to build a mm. sanctuary mm-hmm. so that I may dwell among you. Mm-hmm. And so, so they built that. And then 
it moved from the the format of the sanctuary out in the wilderness became the modern day temple in Jerusalem, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And so there's the outer court, there's the inner court, which then has the the holy place, and then the most holy place. And the most holy place is where the Ark of the Covenant was kept, mm-hmm. uh, where the Shekinah glory, um, you know, uh, God's glory was mm-hmm. there. But only the priest could go in there. Hey. Yes. But wasn't there a wall, Lawson, that divided the Gentiles? From the Jews. So the Jews, the Gentiles could only be in that outer court. In fact, mm-hmm. the wall, Josephus, who's a historian, writes that, um, well, not, not today's modern day historian, but <laughs> he was but he an was early Jewish historian early, in the first century. Th- that's right. That the wall was about 1.57 meters high. And there was actually stones inscribed in Greek and Latin around parts of those walls so that the Gentiles would actually read it. And they were actually told that they could not go into the inner Mm. court. It said, it, it read this, No foreigner shall enter within the balustrade of the temple and whoever shall be caught shall be responsible for his own death that will follow in consequence of his trespassing. Mm. So in other words, if they trespassed and and tried to make entrance into that inner court, they were then killed. Yeah, of course. And and I think this wall, 1.57 metres isn't that tall, actually. You can see over the top of that. But um, this wall was representative of what the Bible says here in verse 15. As Absolutely. it goes, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in the ordinances. Absolutely. Now, these ordinances, is like, well, what is what is an what ordinance? Are, that's right. And essentially, it's what it's getting at here. The definition of an ordinance is essentially some type of ceremony or church practice practice that was in this case these ordinances were particularly and specifically given to the jews it already brings up yeah. one here is circumcision yeah. is one of the ordinances that were given to the to the jews um that were uniquely for them furthermore you know when it looks at uh if we look at the feasts if we look at purification rites you yeah. know all of these you all know the cleanliness ones cleanliness and something like in leviticus particularly aren't they absolutely yeah. something like a, a nazarene vow that yeah. uh that paul all ends up taking something like these. Essentially, what we're seeing here is these ordinances that were specifically applied to Jews, and I think for good purpose. Like yeah. what the ordinances communicated to the Jewish people was their uniqueness and the importance of their message. And unfortunately, various times throughout their history, they forgot that, and it would always yes. lead them to drop the ordinances. This Wouldn't is this it? is yeah. really it, it was kind of a self fulfilling cycle. Either they would drop the ordinance, which would lead them to forget about their mission. Or vice versa. And so at various times you can read throughout the Bible, for example, you know, in the period, I believe it's Joash or Josiah, one of these kings towards the end of the nation of Judea, just before the Babylonian captivity, where they pick up the Bible for the, like no one's read the law and kept the law properly. It says there, since the period of the kings, like the yes. first king and the judges. Yeah. So they have been for hundreds and hundreds of years disobeying like the ordinances, not keeping them, forgetting about and and we can see that there's like a series of awful kings that come as a result yeah. of that. Yeah. But essentially what we're seeing there, and he, and he reads the book of the law, they found like literally like the Torah in the temple. 
after hundreds of years and they read it and it says, it, I believe it's just Joash. I believe I, it's Joash. I believe it's Joash as and well. And it's Joash. He goes out, he reads it and he br- has a breakdown because he's like, we are in so much sin. Like we have gone so far against God. We've completely forgotten our mission. We've completely forgotten what God has told us to do. And so those ordinances had good place. And and then the later enforcement, you know, you see under the Nehemiah reforms yeah. where he's like, hey, Let's read. Stop breaking the Sabbath. Stop marrying foreigners because it leads you to break the ordinances and yeah. not keep them. And then all of a sudden, like, we're going to be in the same position and as they, before. And they also read the book of the law to the people, don't they? Yeah. And then through that, there's this spiritual, beautiful spiritual revival. Bible, yeah. But also with that, they're rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem that had been pulled yeah. down as well. And in fact, the Joash one can actually be found in Second Kings chapter 22 yeah. of how when they actually led that, 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 that law that you're talking about. And so, in fact, like the keeping of these ordinances would every time it would lead to some kind of spiritual revival. But you come to the period of Paul where all of a sudden Jesus has died for the world, yet Judaizers in Ephesus and Galatia and all this area of, of Ephesus, you know, they're still building those walls, still trying to create separation between the people. But it's like, no, it has these ceremonies, oh, these ordinances. Yeah. The mission of Israel is being complete. They've brought into the world the Messiah who has lived and died and resurrected. And so these walls have come down. We're going to talk more about this. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Lawson, what's our last question for today? Our last question for today, who was the bedridden man who instructed Joas to fire arrows out of a window to predict the future? We brought up, brought up this person before, Joash. But who was the bedridden man who instructed Joash to fire arrows out of the window to predict the future? Was it Sisera, Rahab, Elisha, Jezebel, or Micah? That's been our pool of answers for this quiz today. And heaps of people have been getting it right, which is oh, awesome. Heaps, yeah. But again, that question was, who was the bedridden man who instructed Joash to fire arrows out of the window? to predict the future was it Sisera, Rahab, Elisha, Jezebel or Mikkel and hey we've even got a bonus question here for you guys this will this will give you a little little bit of a point if you can get it right <laughs> What object was mentioned in each of today's questions? If you know, if you know, what is the tying thread? You know, we've seen what bedridden man instructed Joash to fire arrows out of the window to predict the future. You know, th- think about it. Think about some of the questions, some of the answers that we've seen so far, and let us know, and you'll get a sneaky little extra point there. But hey, our number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text, and we've already got amazing. You know. Answers coming through. People are right on the ball there. Our prize for this week, which you'll go into the draw for, is Daniel, Wisdom for the Wise by Zdravko Stefanovic. A chapter-by-chapter, verse-by-verse commentary. Again, that number, 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We've been talking about breaking down the wall. Mm. We have been talking about breaking down the wall. And uh, Lawson, can you just read for us again verses 14 and 15 in chapter 2 of Ephesians? Absolutely. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments, contained in 
ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Mm, so just before we went to our last song, we were talking about the fact that in Jerusalem mm-hmm. uh, there was a wall that separated the Gentiles and the Jews, which meant the Gentiles couldn't go in for worship um, and also into the inner court, but that it also um, symbolizes the ver- very much about the separation, you know, about divisions. Um, and, and we then actually went into the fact that the uh, law was abolished, the law of commandments contained uh, with ordinances, sorry, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is in the law of the commandments contained in ordinances. Mm. And we were unpacking that and we started talking a bit about the ceremonial laws. But in this space, what's really interesting, particularly with that verse, a lot of people think that the Ten Commandments... It means that, the, that a lot of people think that the Ten Commandments were abolished, and that's the moral law. We were talking here about the ceremonial law here too. But what are your thoughts on that, Lawson? Because is it really the moral law that's been abolished, or is it the ceremonial law that was, do you think has been abolished? Well, I think well, there is someone who would say it's the moral law would say all law. That was say all right, law, yeah. both ceremonial and moral. But if we read the passage that way, you know, we've yeah. read about this amazing grace that comes from God. You know, all of these things. And, and, but now we're reading about the wall has fallen. Yeah. You know? Um, Gentiles and Jews are now in the same position to be saved. And particularly, I want to point out here in verse 15, where it says, so as to create in himself one new man that's from it. the two. From the two this is, into one. That's right. This is talking about the body of Christ. Yes, it that is. The body isn't separated into two groups. The Gentile, it's, it's all together now. They're all united. And, but all in Christ, in Christ, in Christ is exactly. what Paul keeps saying. But is that unity enabled by okay so we had all these standards for the jews yep. both ceremonial and moral and now we're going to throw all of it away just so the gentiles can be included and when i say all of it it's really important to think here what is the requirements of the moral mm. law is the requirements of the moral law like circumcision or or you know ceremony or anything like that it's not the requirements of the model moral law is found in the 10 commandments yeah. don't murder don't steal don't mm-hmm. you know lie don't don't cover don't commit adultery to you know worship one god yeah are, are these kind of requirements so far and above the gentiles that they couldn't understand what it meant to not murder was mm-hmm. is not killing someone some kind of special ordinance that needs to be removed to enable the gentiles to experience salvation and i would say absolutely not Mm. these are the universal moral laws of god that existed not after sin but before sin and included in there is the sabbath as well sabbath sabbath is the one that needed to be pointed out to show hey this is also a part of the moral law all of the moral laws right in genesis 1 yeah all of the moral law every single commandment in the ten commandment was active and present in Genesis, in before sin. And the, the reason for that too, if we unpack that tiny, a tiny bit, is because yeah. it's all about God's covenant. That's right. The his, covenant theme goes right through. His so covenant, that, his character. The, that, that's right. And so the moral law actually yeah. reflects God's character, whereas yeah. the ceremonial law, like we said, is actually um, you know about purification and rituals and things like that. Yeah. And so they were a shadow of the type of the of of the antitype, which was Jesus Christ. Exactly. So these ceremonial laws pointed to that. And so when going back to the Ten Commandments, when they were given,
living on Mount Sinai. It was a continuation of a, to remind them yeah. of the initial covenant that was given right back in creation. Exactly. That was broken because of sin and not the fact that they were a whole new thing, weren't they? Yeah, and the rest of the law that was given at Mount Sinai, you know, particularly in Exodus and Leviticus, when we see these laws, these ceremonial laws given about um you know, the temple and whatnot. These were law. This was law that was given for the purpose of, as we said before the song, giving the people a specific mission and communicating to them. And we see that right throughout the Bible. The the temple, the reason for the temple and sacrificing of the lamb was ultimately an illustration that taught people about the great sacrifice that God would do himself. Yeah. And you think about it, it's like if there's any law that's supposed to be abolished once Jesus has been given as a sacrifice, once he has hung on the cross to save people from sin, is it the moral law that has abounded and existed forever in the past and will abide and exist ever forever in the future? Well, yeah. Like there won't be murder in heaven. There won't be lying in heaven. So the moral law is in place. Or is it ceremonial law that was given to teach people about the 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 sacrifice that Christ would give. And for yeah. me, it's quite obvious. And, yeah, and that's why it uses the word ordinances here. It's yes, like the commandments does. contained within the ordinances. It doesn't say the commandments. It says that's the right. commandments contained within in the ordinances. And I think this is also important to consider. Is Paul, you know, so schizophrenic in his writing? <laughs> yeah, you know, right. and I don't want to use that as a right. de- derogatory yeah, yeah, term, but is no. he so all over as, the place in his he, writing around. that you read the book of Romans and the book is like so clear. It's like, should we then go on and sin, which the Bible yeah. defines as breaking the law? Yeah. Should we then go on and sin because grace has come. Yeah. Certainly not. Certainly not. You know, that's it. We should uphold the law. When Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, he says, I did not come to destroy the law, but, but to, I, fulfill to fulfill the law. It, and know. he says not one jot or tittle will be removed either. And it also brings out the fact that mm-hmm. when Jesus died on the cross, what's really significant is the fact that the veil was torn yes. not from bottom to top, which means it wasn't by a hand, a person's hand, because, of yeah. course, the veil was quite mm. high. But, you know, it would have been torn from the bottom if it was a man's hand or a person's hand. But it was actually the fact that it was torn from top to bottom, mm-hmm. which means it was a divine by divine hand that was torn. In other words, yeah. it was saying these ceremonies no That's longer right. matter. In mm. other words, it's saying that, hey, the moral laws still apply. They always do. And we'll probably unpack that even more because there's so much in this space tomorrow. But the thing Mm. is that, you know, God's laws were then went to the Israelites was written by his own finger into stone, which means it is not changeable. Yes. And it is for eternity into, you know, forever into eternity. Whereas the Mm. ceremonial laws were cut off and finished with that veil being torn signified that. And so that's the beautiful thing is that because Jesus Christ, when that, that wall has been pulled down and that separate, that, that separation Mm. is there no long, no longer because through Christ and in Christ, the thing is Mm. that the Gentiles and Jews become one. We are one through Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And I think the ultimate message of the veil being torn down is that you have committed a sin, which is breaking of the moral law, which is so abhorrent to God's character. You know, you've murdered, you lied, you still, you've done this. And it is, it is so abhorrent to God's character that you can't even be within his presence. But now Jesus, through the process of teaching throughout all the ceremonies and the ultimate 
fulfilling of that in Christ and that veil being torn, the message of that oh. is now you can go straight to God with your moral sin and he can forgive you. But forgive you, work in your That's heart. It. There You are now, it's not that you need to go to a temple, you are now a temple of the Holy That's Spirit. It. You now have God working in your heart and life. And in fact, the Bible even says you are now a royal priesthood, a holy, holy nation. nation. This is talking to the Jews and the Gentiles. This is talking to everyone. You have now been put in the place where you can be in the presence of the of God yes. through Christ Jesus Praise and the Lord, experience hey. His grace. Does that mean, oh, I can just do whatever I want. No, no. And the Bible is very clear about this in First John. First John, John yeah. it says, if we those, confess our sins, yeah, He's faithful. He's just faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Those who love God keep His commandments, and those who love the children of God keeps His commandments too. This is it's it's the ultimate litmus test. Oh, how do I know that I'm on track with God? Well, hey, am I keeping His commandments? No. Oh, well, I need to repent. I need to mm. repent. I need to let Him work in my heart. It will make me a better person. It will make my life better. One hundred percent. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Hey, it's come time to go, Lawson. You're you're listening on Faith FM, I should say. This is Danuta and Lawson, and it's come time for us to go through our quiz questions and give the answers. Mm. Lawson, can you go through them for us? Absolutely. Hey, our first one here says, who let two spies flee? That was Rahab. So we had a pool of answers, right? Sister Rahab, Elisha, Jezebel, and Mikkel. And yeah, we're just like... We really just wanted to name. We just loved on you guys today. We were like, we want to lower the, yeah. we want to lower the bar a little bit. Hey, this high jump is a little bit lower today. But uh, look, who let the two spies flee through their window? That was Rahab. We saw what evil woman painted her face and before being thrown out of a window by her aides. That was Jezebel. Now, yeah, it was. It, I think <laughs> Jezebel... She was thrown out to the dogs. Hey? Absolutely. There were dogs down the bottom, eh? Yeah. And it, so Jehu actually said, who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked down at him and said, throw her down. Yeah. Oh. So that's so. in some versions it says eunuchs, with our question actually said aides. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same thing that we're referring to. Today. Absolutely. And Jehu's... Jehu is like kind of a tragic story because he's such an epic dude. He cleans up Israel with the sword. And you're reading about this guy who like went so far as to, you know, just really abolish bar worship and do all these things. And then you read, it's like right towards the end of his story. And then it's like, oh, but he was consumed in the worship of, you know, his ancestors and yeah. Baal. It was like, oh, yeah. no, you know, God was really working through this guy. Absolutely. Uh, she's on what man whose mother locked him out of a window longing for his return from war with the mother and the son who featured in a song performed by Deborah and Barak. The answer there was, the answer for this one was Sisera, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I read this initially. I'm like, oh, man, this is maybe one of the ones that I'm, I'm less familiar with. But it is Sisera. Yeah, she uh, wailed. And she says, why is his chariot so long in coming? Why mm-hmm. tarry the hoofbeats of his chariots? Yeah. Absolutely. Who looked out her... The part that she would be more familiar with is the part that happens, I guess, after the battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, with a tent peg instead. Yeah. Of- <laughs> Yikes. That is such a grisly story. And, man, it's kind of like almost not safe for I'm like, are we allowed to talk about that on on, on national radio? But it's, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's in the Bible. Go and read Judges chapter five and, yeah, and right. you'll see it right there. 
who looked uh, out her window and when she saw her husband dance for joy despised him it was mm. Mikkel unfortunately you know we had David's David's wife just just being a Debbie down yeah you know, hey really rough stuff and then finally here who has the bedridden who was the bedridden man who instructed Joash to fire arrows out of the window to break to predict the future, that it was, was Elisha, the prophet. So he followed on from Elijah, of yeah. course. He got he asked for a double portion of the blessing, um, and uh, yeah, Elisha was the follow-on from Elijah. And of course, our bonus question was: in all of these questions, we had a kind of a theme mm. going. You know, we had some kind of you know some interesting chord that ran through all of them, and it was window. So you can see here is like let the spies out of the window, you know, being thrown out the window, yeah. crying out of the window. Um, <laughs> Everything was about looked windows out today. <laughs> window and then finally shot arrows out of the window. So, so yeah, that was the tying thread. And we had, I, I loved it, reading, we had Braden writing in and he's just like, He's, he just, as soon as we introduce, hey, there's a bonus question, he's like, yep, yeah, the bonus question is window. And I was like, that is so smooth. That is just, he's just like, oh, yeah, this is this is the answers, and by the way, it's window. And yeah, like, wow, yeah. What about Freco? He answered it after, like, the third one. He's like, um, there's a theme here, I think. Really? <laughs> I didn't even see that. That's fantastic. Yeah. You guys are on it. Hey, and we got a, 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 a text message coming in from Suzanne as well. She said, love your enthusiasm, Lawson and Nooch, as you share biblical truth. Is that your nickname? <laughs> Name. It is my nickname. I don't know where it came from, but my sisters gave it to me when I was little, and it has stuck. Literally, yeah. has stuck. So a lot of my close friends and family um, definitely call me Nooch. So yeah, great to hear from you, Suzanne. So yeah, we love su- sharing the biblical truth with enthusiasm, hey. And so great to hear from you, Suzanne. Thanks. Well, hey. there's so much to be happy about when we're studying the Bible, and particularly as we were getting to in our Bible study, ultimately looking at Jesus has broken down the wall. You know, that is separating yeah. peoples. He is bringing unity bringing amongst unity pe- people. Bringing unity into oneness. But yeah. that unity, this is so important. It's Although it has come as a result of the lowering down of the ordinances, it, it is still based and has foundation in, in, Christ. in Christ. He is the center of all of that. In hey. Christ, in his truth as well. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith of M, and we have come to the end of our time today. Again, all too quick. That's all right, <laughs> though, because we have amazing programming coming up after this. You'll be able to listen to Tazzy Encounters and yes. just some awesome shows throughout the day. This afternoon, you're going to pick it up at 3.30 with the amazing Looking Up show. We've got uh, D- Danny and Charissa working on that one. And pretty, we you know, we promote it here because it's in our studio. So we got, yeah, but then <laughs> we, we also have Shell. Talk from the Top. You've got the drive through one at yeah. 5 o'clock. There's Abs- a whole host of shows. Absolutely, guys. You just have to be in tune for those ones throughout the day. But, hey, we've come to the end of the show. So, Danuna, what should we do? Yeah, Talk Faith, Live Faith. Faith, act faith, and you will grow God strong in Jesus Christ. We meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.